0: Let's talk about the wonderful sounds of Australia. Think of these sounds as a a little bit of a time capsule because these are the sounds that make up Australia's history, the sounds that are among the most important to our collective memories as Australians. Well, ten new recorded sounds are added to the registry each year through a process of public nomination and selected by a panel of experts. Those ten are now before us. And Graham MacDonald a sound specialist at the National Film and Sound Archive, joins us to discuss that. Hello, Graeme.
1: Hello. Dear, dear. Hello, James. Hello, <laughs> <I'm>
0: um, Perth. <laughs> sound like a rock star, Graeme. Welcome, so. Perth. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us about how all this started. For those who've only just discovered the wonderful sounds of Australia and the project that was set up, what, what was the whole intention all those years ago? Was about, what was it, about five, three years ago or so?
1: Um, we started in 2007, and with an idea that it was a way that we could shine a little spotlight on what we thought were some important Australian sound recordings. There have been 110 years of people recording things in Australia Mm. and they often get forgotten you know, there's people aware of the the big selling pop hits, but there's lots of other really important things that have been recorded in one way or another over that time
0: And some unusual ones, to say the least. We're not just talking about politics and sport and, 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 and sort of sounds like that, are
1: we? Oh no, we're open to having people suggest any sort of recording, as long as it's made in Australia and there's a copy somewhere.
0: OK, so just describe some of the wonderful uh, array of talent that you have got now in this so-called vault.
1: Oh, well, um, yeah, the, we've got... The, the original recording stuck away in these very large refrigerators out in one of the industrial suburbs here in Canberra but uh, each year we add a, a bunch this year we've actually added 14 rather than 10 Oh you cheated we, uh, Well you know, we, we're making up the rules we can do what we want <laughs> uh, but just we it was so hard to whittle it down to 10 that we you know, just thought oh, we'll go for a few more uh, uh, you know, no one's asking no one's saying we have to only add 10 that was our decision no, Fair point, fair point um, so this year we've got early country music, uh, the sound of uh, uh, Bert Hinkler after he arrived in Australia in 1928, yeah. um, radio quiz shows like Pick-A-Box. Oh,
0: hang on. Let me see if I can find a bit of Pick-A-Box game show. This, this will illustrate your point perfectly. Hang on, here's this one. Time for Pick-A-Box with Australia's favourite compere, Bob Dyer. <laughs> Place, we hope on your dial where you get that super funny show. At least we hope it's interesting. And by golly, we got a most interesting bloke coming back. Well, Let's see how Barry Jones from Melbourne feels right now. Dolly has him in tow. <laughs> well, Bob, Barry returns to Sydney after picking twenty-two boxes valued at over four thousand pounds. Yes, that's a lot of loot. I'm telling you, Barry. All I have to say to you is that you've made a nervous wreck out of me, but I love it. Well, we're both nervous wrecks. All right. <laughs> that's going to take people back, isn't it, Graham?
1: Oh, yes, I, I can remember watching it on television in the 1960s. Um, and that was, interestingly, one of the about five years in the middle of the run where they were broadcasting it on radio, which is what we're really interested in, as well as broadcasting it on television. Mm-hmm. Because um, it was only, television was only in the big cities, and uh, rural television, over this side of the country at least, didn't start till the early 1960s.
0: It's good. It's, uh, it's lovely. It, it, isn't it interesting as well how, how sound dates like that? There's sort of the nostalgic factor is, is, is heavily laced in that, isn't it?
1: Well, we, we especially like that episode with Barry because he gets two out of the five questions wrong. Ah, good. Which he very rarely did. And, <laughs> uh, and often when he did, he'd argue about it.
0: <laughs> Let's have another one. What else, what else can you tempt us with this afternoon? I've got something here which is uh, the opening concert at the Sydney Opera House.
1: Well, uh, it was that was 1973. They'd spent what 15 years building the uh, the, the structure, um, and they had yeah, done a few little concerts in there just to test out the acoustics. But this was the first public concert. Sydney Symphony Orchestra, um, Sir Charles Mackerras, who'd made a massive reputation for himself in Europe. Uh, And for reasons we can't quite work out, which I don't think they do today, they do a program of Wagner with an imported Swedish soprano. Mm. Uh, The cultural cringe was still in evidence in 1973, but but the recording is beautiful. You can just hear the the acoustic of the Opera House concert hall, and it it does sound quite magnificent.
0: Mind you after such a, a beautiful construction all the time that it took to put the building together, this good job, it did sound perfect isn 't it?
1: Well, I think they would have been very embarrassed if it hadn 't
0: <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you um, if you If you have a particular favorite Australian sound and uh, we haven 't played it so far or you think it should be in for future years, do let us know one double nine double two seven twenty uh what would you suggest any key sounds that have significance to Australians and just looking back in over over time grey i mean we we 've even got a sound of a chicken in here haven 't we.
1: Well, that was the, the very first recording we know about, recorded at the Warrnambool Exhibition in 1896 or 1897, um, and this fellow called Thomas Rome had brought out this wonderful new piece of technology, the Edison phonograph, uh, w- which you could record on cylinders made of a hard brown wax, and by singing or speaking into a into a tube, you could actually cut a groove on this wax cylinder, and Uh, So he was charging sixpence a go for people to come and listen to um, some Edison cylinders he'd brought out from America, but local people recorded some themselves. And the the earliest one we know about is this man uh, singing a song, which is quite popular in the music hall at the time, called the Hen Convention, where most of it is him making chook noises. (laughs) As you do. And we just think that's great. The oldest recording Australia has is a man being a chook.
0: Perfect. I'm glad that that's one of the selected ones. And talking about making the selection, how do you do it? How do you decide what goes in and what doesn't?
1: Oh, well, we open the... uh, The public are invited to nominate recordings. Uh, They go straight to our website and um, just a simple form online. All we ask for is what it is and why you think it's important. Uh, And we've got a... Panel of twenty-five or so people from all manner of parts of the, the music and recording industry—journalists, musicians, producers, uh, broadcasters—and they recommend to us what they think of the, the nominations we get every year. We get every year should be the ones included in um, that year's listing.
0: OK, um, another one that's made it through this year. We were talking about sport and politics. Let's do the sports selection first. First of all, um, something magic, magic from the 1980 Moscow Olympics.
1: The crowd's going mild. Australia in front. It's Neil Brooks into Plarkov. Forget so get the rest, it's Brooks into Plarkov. Who can win? Brooks is just a fraction in front. Right to go. 15 metres from a gold medal for Australia. 15 metres, 10 metres now. Brook's in front. It could be Australia's goal. Five metres, four, three, two, one. Gold! Gold to Australia! Gold!
0: Very good. It's Norman May describing the highlight, describing that as one of the highlights of his broadcasting career. And it's made it through. You've, you've selected that one. Why did you go for that?
1: Well, partly because uh, Norman himself thought it was such an important um uh, broadcast where that was the 1980 moscow olympics there was great political debate about whether australia should have even gone there the olympics the year the, four years before in montreal australia barely won a, a medal at all and and, and that was a, i think perhaps the first gold medal that australia won at those um, 1980 olympics and it was uh, it was pretty exciting i can remember hearing it mm-hmm. uh I'm probably watching it on the television. But uh, Norman May, at least on this side of the country, was the voice of sport on the ABC. Uh, He wasn't the cricket commentator, but every other sort of sport, Norman May was the voice we heard um, on the eastern states. And in many ways, I think he's as important as the sportsmen themselves.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, and, and moments like that you do remember for, for a heck of a long time, that's for sure. I just want to bring in um, Peter, who was uh, hearing that little bit of audio that we played uh, with Barry Jones, the, the picker box audio. Um, Peter joins us. Hello, Peter. Yes, Good day, James. Look, I heard your uh, your guest, I didn't catch his name, mention that Barry was wont to uh, argue with Bob from time to time when uh, Bob told him he was wrong. Well, I was listening one time when I was a kid, and Bob told Barry that he was wrong and Bob, uh, sorry, Barry kept arguing and arguing and arguing and was adamant that he was right. Yeah. And anyway, Bob said, okay, well, we'll go away and we'll check it. He said, we get all our answers out of the Encyclopedia Britannica. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, he came back and he said, no, Barry, you're right. <laughs> so that was a fascinating bit of, bit of history there. That's excellent, he, isn't it? Yes, it was. This is this is way back in the sixties, of course. But uh, yes, he acknowledged that Barry was right and the Encyclopaedia Britannica was wrong. It's not amazing. Well, yeah, there, yeah. there you go. That proves his encyclopedic knowledge. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for that, Peter. Thanks, thanks for sharing James. it with us. Thank you. Uh, that was interesting, wasn't it, Graham?
1: Yes. Well, I think that was actually a question about the the first Governor General or Viceroy of India, yeah. um, and and. And it depends how you define who was the, the, the Governor-General or Viceroy and when, um, or it could have been Ben Gaul and that's what Barry was arguing about. There's about three pages on that in, he, in Barry's autobiography, yeah. uh, which is a fascinating read because it tells a whole story about Box and that era.
0: Very good. Let's end with a bit of politics. The message should be that there's nothing to fear or to lose in the recognition of historical truth or the extension of social justice, or the deepening of Australian social democracy to include Indigenous Australians. Graham, that was, of course, uh, Paul Keating in the Redfern Address.
1: Yes, your colleagues at Radio National did a survey a few years ago, and that was, as voted by Radio National listeners, the third most important speech they could think of. After um, uh, the I Have a Dream speech... Uh, And the Sermon on the Mount Uh, that struck a chord with Australians in 1992, uh, and people still think it's important.
0: Amazing, isn't it? After all these years, and you know that was the Marbo case in the High Court, and of Mm. course, um, 18 years later, it's um, it's been added to the collection.
1: Yeah, and we're proud to do it. And there are several uh, websites out there with the the text of the speech um, written by Don Watson, who was Keating's. uh, Writer, speech writer at the time mm. and it's just a beautifully written speech which just uh, simple words, simply phrased and just is so effective, even reading it is effective I mean, hearing Keating um, uh, uh, presented is, is quite stunning
0: Amazing, very interesting and a, a terrific selection of sounds, um, we, we had one caller who says, Kath, Catherine says we must include the sound of the didgeridoo but um, you know, if, it, if not yet it will be I'm sure at some point.
1: Well we're not so much interested in generic sounds, but specifically... More the, moment. Of them. The, more yeah, the moment. The more the moment, if there's an important um, record that she knows that someone's done of, yeah. of didgeridoo playing, and there's lots of that out there, get her to nominate it, yeah. uh, and, and we'll certainly put it in the mix for next year.
0: Can you give us the website, Graham, where people can uh, go to?
1: www.nfsa.gov.au, and there's a link on the front page.
0: Very easy, nfsa.gov.au, and uh, you never know one of your selections might uh, feature next year.
1: Great talking to you. More than more than pleased to include, but
0: lovely talking to you. Thanks, James. Thanks, Graham. Graham MacDonald, a sound specialist at the National Film and Sound Archive, with some uh, wonderful sounds of Australia. The new ones, just of course, having been added.